This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is Betting Weekly Premier League Show. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, alongside me, Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. Uh, Nigel, uh, the t shirts have been delivered. Which one is the best seller so far, do you think? <laughs> Well, the orders early orders that morning, everyone, and uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. The morning orders, you're you're becoming very popular, actually. You're there. Yeah. We didn't. What do you mean become? What do you mean becoming? Well, <laughs> I didn't. I did, well, I think the truth. I think the truth sells, isn't it? And uh, you, you are you are a bock on this show, but you are selling it around. You are selling it around, and uh, yeah, the teacher, this yours is the hottest seller. Sean Calvert, I think the commute with Calvert will be the big yeah, seller when we that's get the to one. The I think that's that. That's the sort after one. If you're going to have one, save it and you get it signed. And have it on eBay in a few years. I think the one dollar bus Calvert one will be the one that will wish wish the wish one isn't selling as wishful thinking. I think I think on, we're on the wish one. Might may may be a bit of a party season, but I think your one is the early contender at the moment for sales. But uh, uh, am I on te- am I on ten percent? You get paid enough, mate. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, we're not going to talk about negotiations on uh, on commercial deals at the moment. No. <laughs> I just want to say, Dan, I really like that one. I really like that one. <laughs> oh, very good. I like that. Yeah, very good. There'll be plenty of that over the course of the show. Don't worry about that. I'll bock a oh, few no. more for you. You boys were profitable last week, so well done. You sound surprised. You sound surprised. That's because you never you never agreed on anything. That's why we won a few. And and speaking about good weekends, it was a good weekend um, for Arsenal. Back in the title race, kept in the title race. I mean, City, look. They were on on Monday night, uh, beating Brentford. Of course, they're minus one sixty five. Nigel for the title. Liverpool plus two twenty five. They've been inched out a little bit. I mean, Arsenal's odds in percentage terms haven't changed too much. Plus six fifty now. Yes, they have come in. Was it a good weekend for Arsenal? But in a way, an even better one for Liverpool uh, for Man City. I think that's it. I think you know if you look at all the newspapers and you look at all the gambling talk, it's a it's a three horse title race and it's uh, Arsenal are back in the in the title race, which they are, they are. But I think we're we're over we're overshadowing the, the performance of Manchester City. I mean, they, they were incredible. It wasn't for the Brentford goalkeeper; it would have been six or seven. Um, it was a great week for Man City. It was a great week for Arsenal. It was a very disappointing uh, win for a week for Liverpool. But more importantly for Klopp, I think the performance from Liverpool was shocking. I don't think I've seen Liverpool play that bad for for a long, long, long time. Uh, I don't. I, I may be a little bit harsh. Uh, a lot of people say that it was great, brilliant game plan from Arsenal that stopped Liverpool playing. There was maybe a little bit into that, but I think Arsenal just caught Liverpool on a flat day, real, real flat day. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how Liverpool bounce back. Not this weekend because they've got a relatively easy match, but I think in the big games coming up because I think that was a was a real poor performance, and that will that was that's what shocked me. There was no fight in that Liverpool side at all. I thought when they got the second goal, where the equaliser, they may get the tails up in the second half. But Arsenal thoroughly deserved to win. But I think the performance of the week, I mean, Manchester City, Foden, De Bruyne, and and and, uh, and Haaland back. I mean, they were they were sensational. Did we learn anything? More from a betting point of view, Jack, do you think when it comes to the title races, it pretty much as you were, just Liverpool a bit disappointing, as Nigel was saying? 
Yeah, I think that's the big takeaway, isn't it, this week? I think it was, it was a massive one that, that possibly could have seen Arsenal out of the title race, but they've kept well and truly in it and so put a bit of a dent in Liverpool's confidence. Uh, and Manchester City have sent that warning shot out that everyone's fearing that they're going to go and do what they had done last season and just go on that run. I think they're 12 unbeaten now, aren't they, after that performance? So they've already kind of started the role. Um, and to think that they've effectively got a fresh De Bruyne back. They've got a, a fresh Haaland back now because he's had that extended break as well. Foden in absolutely in sensational form. Doku was on the bench and looked electric when he came on as a, as a tired right back, which I've been many times before. And that's normally at the start of games. It was like to see him come off the bench must be terrifying. You think, oh, get me off because and there's no Grealish involved in that either. You could go on and on and on, can't you? So absolutely, yeah, they, they look fearsome again. And, um, you know, big game you know, for them this weekend. But uh, they've, they've set the marker down, say that look, we're here and this is our time of season. Let's kick on. You mentioned, Nigel, it's a fairly straightforward game uh, for Liverpool to bounce back. And we have got to pick in the Liverpool-Burnley game a little later. But just in terms of the three fixtures, in terms of, you know, dropping points or not. I mean, City at home to Everton, Liverpool at home to Burnley, Arsenal away at West Ham. Is it too simple to say that... Arsenal are potentially the most vulnerable there. Do you expect them all to win anyway? Do you think there's going to be any any twist this weekend? I think, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think Liverpool win easy. I think Manchester City will win easy. The Arsenal one is, is is difficult because West Ham have a good record against them. The two matches this season, Declan Rice hasn't performed in either match against West Ham. And the other thing for Arsenal, I think it's very, very difficult. And this is a problem for London clubs. There's so many London clubs that there's a lot of derbies. You know, Manchester, people, people don't really think about that, but how many London derbies are there where the teams want to beat teams from the, from the capital? So uh, the West Ham fans will want to do a number on Arsenal. They'll, they'll, one thing about West Ham is they build, build big themselves up for the big matches. And when they're at home to the likes of Burnley or Sheffield United, they, they struggle. I think that's the, the crowd gets behind them there in that stadium. So uh, I think it's, it's pretty obvious, but I think it, it's definitely the hardest task of the week is for Arsenal going to uh, West Ham. Uh, and last weekend, uh, Jack, uh, a Premier League record, 45 goals in the 10 uh, fixtures. Um, are we ever going to see any regression here? I mean, you know, myself and Nigel being talked about, and, and obviously you as well, about sort of overs-unders over the course of the season. And you look at some figures, you think, well, surely there's going to be some sort of correction at some stage. But it, it, is this just it now? Mm. Premier League football just gives us lots of goals. What are your thoughts? It seems to be that way, doesn't it? It doesn't seem, listen. There's no no relenting from it. We've had the odd little little period where there's been a couple of games that you think, oh, maybe we're going to revert back to trend. Say so the the variance is going to level itself out a little bit. But then you go and get a, a, a silly like four four Newcastle versus Luton and those sort of games. And we've said it before, and I think I I still put it down to the fact now we've got this such a split in the league that sides that are playing against the top, the elite are getting turned over and it's making these other games that they've got like must win fixtures. They're looking at the fixture list and going, Oh, our next five games are horrendous. We've got to go and win this one. Um, it used to be a case of, Oh, we'll dig in and we'll get a draw or we'll take a point and we'll move on. And that's very, very rare uh, these days. And uh, like I said, the, the, the former players are electric. And I think also we've got to take into account that the, the VAR situations, uh, uh, the penalties and those kind of things are contributing towards the fact that we're seeing more goals. I think that's very, very true. And I think they're here to stay. So be interesting to see how the lines shift over the course of the remainder of the season. We've only got one overs play uh, on the show for you this week. And that's the team total from Jack that we'll get to shortly. But we're going to kick off with the picks Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, Craven Cottage, Fulham versus Bournemouth, Nigel. Fulham plus 140 here, Bournemouth plus 188, the draw plus 260. We talked about Fulham 
potentially having little to play for. They're not going to go down. They're out of both cups. But how do Bournemouth go about the remainder of their season? They've got that, what looks like a, a winnable game against Leicester in the fifth round of the FA Cup. They could be through to the quarters before you know it. Would you expect a manager like Anthony Iriola to look at a cup and think that that's my best place maybe to, to focus my attention? Or is it still about the league for Bournemouth? Well, I hope they do because I've bet Bournemouth to win the FA Cup at 80 to 1. So I'm, I'm hoping that they take that conversation very, very seriously. But I'm getting with Bournemouth here. I mean, you, you're forgetting here something that Bournemouth are still involved in a relegation battle. I mean, they're not out of this. I mean, they're, they're on 27 points. There's only, what, seven points above Luton. And Luton have, uh, you know, so there's, there's still a lot of football to play for. I think that Bournemouth are still involved in that relegation. But when you consider they're only one point ahead of Fulham and three points ahead of Crystal Palace, a win here, and you know, and Crystal Palace conceivably win as well. They're, they're bang in the mix here, so they, it's all about getting points on the board. And I think they will get it. I think it's going to be a common theme for me from now to the end of the season, where I'm looking to oppose Fulham. I did it last week against Burnley, and after 25 minutes or half an hour, whatever it was, a two 0 down. I thought, what, what have I done? And then, but when you look at the stats and you look at the second half, you look at the goal xG, you look at I mean, all the attacks. Burnley, if it went on for another five minutes, Burnley would have won that match. Fulham were, 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 were finished. They 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 went two 0 up, and you can look at it two ways. You think, okay, they're two 0 up. Um, that means they're still trying. Or you can look at it and think to yourself, well, they were two 0 up. Should have put the game to bed. And the fact that they just eased off and let Burnley back into it show, shows you where their mindset is for the rest of the season. I think more the latter. I think they're a side that I think they're the one. They're the one team in the Premier League at this moment of time who've got the the eye on the the, the end of season tour. Uh, their form is terrible. The last six matches, they haven't won. That's since they um, got beat by Liverpool in the Capital One Cup semi-final. So close to getting it. That was a big match. That was a massive, massive match for Fulham. They'd never been to the final of the Carabao Cup, the League Cup. They wanted to get to the final there and they wanted to play Chelsea at the final. As soon as they lost that semi-final, that for me was the end of their season. They had a really poor performance against Newcastle at home and lost 2-0. They've had some really, really bad performances at home. 0-0 draw against Everton, never looked like scoring. A 2-0 home defeat against Burnley, which was shocking as well. The one thing I would say is Fulham's defence is that they have a really, well, in, in their defence, is their defence. They've got a very, very good, strong uh, home defence. They don't really get turned over by many teams, but they don't score many goals either. And the big difference here is one side has got a striker who, who, who can put the ball in the back of the net. The other one hasn't. And Solanke, I think, will be the difference here. Um, they played on Boxing Day, and it was 3-0 to, to Bournemouth in a very, very one-sided match. And you're only talking about, what was that, a month ago now? You know, just over a month, five weeks ago. And you can get them at plus 108 on the uh, or the draw no bet market at Bet Rivers. I want to get the draw on my side. I think the draw is the good to have it. They've got a great record here as well. If you look at Bournemouth here, they've got a brilliant, brilliant record. I think they're unbeaten in the last 18 matches against Fulham historically. And if you go back at Craven Cottage at Fulham's ground, they're unbeaten in the last eight. And the last time they won was back in April 1992. That was the last time Fulham oh. beat Bournemouth. And Dan, who was number one in April 92? Yeah, My 16th um, birthday. Neil 16th yeah. birthday. Who April 92. One? Who was number one? Let's go for. Um, seal. Oh, no. <laughs> it was me and you, Dan, our tribute band, right? Said Fred, <laughs> deeply, deeply dippy. <laughs> deeply I remember dippy. that. Yeah, I'm still, still getting the royalties for it now. You've still got the tour t shirt on. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, Bournemouth draw no bet, uh, plus 108. 
is the play from Nigel Fulham versus Bournemouth at the Cottage, Saturday, 10 a.m. Um, same uh, kickoff time, 3 p.m. in the UK, 10 a.m. stateside. Spurs against Brighton next for us to take a look at. Spurs minus 122, Brighton 290, plus 290. And the draw, uh, plus 325 here. Um, Jack, with Villa playing on Sunday, I mean, Spurs could jump into fourth and Ange Postacoglu was, was, was batting off press questions about what his team has still got to play for recently. He said, what about the title? I think that's beyond them. But top four is very much in their capability. I mean, it was disappointing from their point of view that they dropped points at Everton last time out. But they're in the mix, aren't they, for top four? Certainly are, yeah. And especially looking at Villa over the last uh, week or so, they've had uh, obviously built the whole season really around that incredible home record said it was unsustainable and it's kind of been the case over the last say couple of home games in the cup last night they got turned over convincingly by Chelsea and uh, of course also lost very deservedly to Newcastle at home as well so I think that does open the door for the likes of Tottenham possibly Man United as well are creeping up with a couple of these nice performances so that battle for fourth I think is uh, yeah a very exciting one and Tottenham definitely in the mix for that one. And it should drive them on in terms of scoring goals. And you've picked out their main man at the moment to go in again. Talk us through this one. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Nigel then talked about Bournemouth. Solanke was, I was... I've got a bit of a goal scorer theme this week. And Solanke was on the on the short list. Ended up going with Richarlison here at plus 143. I think the plus money quote on him is, is generous. So I'm taking it on. As you said, he is the four man at the minute. Son's obviously been at the Asia Cup. Uh, South Korea are now out, aren't they? So he has made his way back. There's a suggestion, isn't there, Jack, that potentially he might make the squad for this. this. I mean, it'd be incredible if he did play at any stage, but it it wouldn't be a surprise if he was on the bench. But Richarlison's still going to play, I I guess, and and, and play his position that he has been playing recently. I I think Richarlison has made himself undroppable since he's kind of this goal-scoring form. He he was uh, um, out of form, wasn't he? He missed three games uh then he had a couple of games on the bench and since then he's been electric scoring scoring plenty of goals um and he's got nine in his last eight which has sort of started in that that particular run and that's coincided with a nice run of form for spurs only one defeat in eight for them as well that defeat was against brighton but look at the lines here set by bet rivers for this particular fixture and unsurprisingly they're expecting a shed load of goals the line is set for over three and a half goals in it i wouldn't want to be playing that although I'd probably expect there to be four plus. That would be the way I'd have to go if I had to go for goals here. Um, You look at Spurs. Spurs are minus 205 to score two or more goals. And at this moment in time, you wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see Spurs score two goals. And therefore, Richarlison will more than likely be the guy to to get that. I said he's he's been in, in sensational form. 10 goals in 20 Premier League games. He's only had 15 starts in that as well. So he's really come to the fore and he's certainly you know shown that he's in a hot streak, the best that he's been ever across all his um, time in England, uh, Watford, uh, Everton and now at Spurs. So really fit, fitted in. And, and he's obviously up against the Brighton side here that can see plenty of chances. Um, they play a very high line. And what Spurs have got is electric pace. I think Werner's come in and looked very much at home on that left-hand side. I think he'll attack the spaces that that Brighton will leave behind uh, there. On the right-hand side, you've got Brennan Johnson or or Kulisevsky. You've obviously got Son, who I'd expect to start on the bench, but what what (laughs) impact sub that he could well be coming off it. But as you say, I think Richarlison's made that 
central role his own. And uh, even with Son in the side, I'd expect to see Son play wide and then focus on Richarlison being the main man to finish these chances off. So very briefly on, on the stat side of things, that this is good symmetry as far as that Spurs average 2.09 goals per game at home in the league this season. And Brighton concede on average 2.09 goals away from home this season. So that pretty much sums up where we're expecting it to be this one. They've only got one clean sheet this season away from home. So expect goals and therefore Richarlison to be on it. And I said, I'm happy to see plus 143 to quote. I'll take some of that. Uh, Spurs minus 125, top four, Nigel Villa plus 110. If you hadn't had a bet on the top four market and someone gave you a free $10, which one would you play at those prices? I think it's hard. I think Villa may bold now. They've lost that sort of aura of invincibility at home, which was keeping them going. Um, I think if I was going to have a bet now, I think I'd probably have to bet Tottenham. Minus 125, top four. Big weekend for both Spurs uh, and Villa. Villa, of course, plays Manchester United. Let's move on to Wolves against Brentford. This is a, a 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern game again, so 3 p.m. local. Wolves plus 108, um, the latest price. Brentford plus 250, draw, uh, draw plus 265. This is the fourth meeting, uh, Nigel, between the two. As I'm sure you know, Wolves have won two. And uh, the other one has been a draw that, of course, forced a, a replay in the cup. I mean, does it make it easier for betters because we've got that recent form? Does it make you a little more wary because coaches might change things because results haven't gone their way? What do you think? Well, I think it's a massive positive for Wolves. I, I wouldn't really too much into the FA Cup win, uh, wins because it's two matches where the personnel was very different. But I definitely would read into the 4-1 win that Wolves had against Brentford at Brentford. Um, you got to, on Brentford's defence. They'll turn around and say, "Well, we got Ivan Tony back now, so that changes that a little bit." And we've got players that are coming back from the African Cup of Nations as well. But um, I, I think the big thing for me is that Brent. We look at Brentford at home and look at Brentford on the road. They're a totally different animal. I mean, Brentford at home staffed with high tempo, as we saw against Man City, score the goal. The crowd gets behind them on the way on the road. They're not. They don't. They don't play like they do at home. So. I think the four-one win for Wolves is is it was, a, it was something we have to take note of to win at uh, the at Brentford Stadium. So my bet here is very simple: it's, it's full. Uh, sorry, it's Wolves on the money line at plus one zero eight. I think Wolves currently are probably the most un underrated side from the sports books in the country. Uh, they're a team in tenth in the Premier League. They went to Chelsea last week and absolutely battered them. Like you know, they got Kunal got a hat trick. They got goals in them. They're a changing side. This side and, and these are another team that I bet for the FA Cup. I bet them at hundred to one. They're at home to to Brighton, so they could be in the quarterfinals as well. I, I think Gary O'Neill is is an underrated manager. I, I've got a friend of mine who knows him because he's actually from near where we live. He's from Bromley. He's probably he's a Bromley boy, and I've got a guy who knows him very well and tells me how astute coach he is. And the, the guy's he's probably a little bit early, but he's bet him to be the next England manager at sixty six to one. He's not. He's like twenty five to one now, but he won't get that job. But that's how highly that people hit around this area rate this guy. You know, he went to Bournemouth last year and he and he didn't really get the credit he deserved. He was unfairly kicked out of the, of the position, gone to a big club here. No one expected anything from him. And I, I'm not digging Jack out here, but Jack I made a great <laughs> case for them to get relegated, which I agreed with. And now you're talking about them potentially finishing the top eight and maybe going on to win a cup competition. Wolves are really a really good side. And I think at this state of affairs, because of this Tony thing, Tony coming back, Tony this, Tony that. Brentford are massively, massively overrated by the books because they're a public play. Ivan Tony, okay, he's, he's probably England's second striker, but 
we're being priced up like he's Lionel Messi coming back to these teams. And, you know, he's like, it's, it's crazy, really, when you think about it. You look, Brentford defensively, they're a shambles. They've conceded two, at least two goals in seven of their last eight matches. They scored, they conceded three goals in their, in, in sorry, conceded three goals in four of their last six matches, two in that period of time. And even Sheffield United scored against them. On the road, they've had, this season, they had six, 10 matches, lost six. They got beat by Sheffield United. They've played Wall three times this season, lost all, and they haven't won a game. They're in total turmoil at the moment. Tony's walking around like he's trying to get a move into someone. The manager's come out and said he's going to get a move. That's all he's playing for. He's playing for himself. He's playing to get a big move. He's not playing for Brentford. I wouldn't. If you're in the trenches and Ivan Tony's there, you won't. You, 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 you know you're, in, you're banging trouble. But um, I think plus 108 Wolves here is a cracking price. I mean, I honestly would, would make Wolves currently, if you looked at what they're doing at the moment and you looked at Brentford's road form and you looked at everything, you know, this is side, like I said, went to Chelsea and put four past them. You, I'd make I'll make Wolves about minus one ten here, minus one twenty to get plus one hundred eight is a tremendous price. You're right with uh, the what makes. Oh no, no! Turn round, down the back of that. You're right with the bookmakers underestimating Wolves. They are the most profitable team on the money line this season, plus twelve point two three points if you level stake them for every single that game. Is, we... I think that's what it is, Dan. Is yeah, I, I mean the bookmakers get them wrong. That's what it's that because says. the that's public that doesn't get in, doesn't yeah. doesn't hasn't bought into them. They bought they buy into Brighton. They buy into. Brentford, they buy into these sexy teams who play great football, and you know people, everyone goes on about the oh, how well the the manager deserve it. I made a, I read a stat about Deserby. Deserby's record this season, in recent matches is exactly the same as Roy Hodgson's, and, they, and we're talking about Deserby being the next Barcelona or Liverpool manager, and Roy Hodgson is going to the old manager's home. So like it's 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 uh, it's incredible. I mean like you know how we just have public perceptions about how. Yeah, and people get carried away, and, and Brighton are that. It's, it's all XG and data. That's all it is. But this is Wolves side is completely different. They're a completely different animal from the Wolves team we've seen the last couple of years. Uh, we are putting a certain amount of eggs in uh, a similar basket with this particular fixture because Jack's got a play in it as well. Uh, Jack, again, we are siding with Wolves, but we're looking for goals with your play. We are, yeah. Wolves uh, to score over one and a half goals, two plus goals at minus one one two. That's my play on this one. Agree with everything that Nigel said there. Very kind of him not to dig me out. I was, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to dig. You, I'm not going to dig you out, Jack. But anyway, but, go on. But, 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 but I didn't mean it. I just meant. Well, I'm making, I didn't mean to be critical. I mean, we could be. We could have a whole show about the crap that I've done over here. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't I, get a T-shirt made up about that. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I, I was going to dig myself out because yeah, I absolutely was fading Wolves at every opportunity at the start of the season. But nothing highlights more the shift we've had this season and the crazy. Um, games we've had this season. You said about that last week being the highest goal scoring round in Premier League history. Well, the fact that we're here going with a big Wolves win and we're also siding with him on a goals angle again, um, just say shows you what what a, a, a shift we've had this season. And, and fair play, Gary O'Neill absolutely has driven Wolves to be a, a sexy club to watch. But as Nigel says, look, the media. Um, the public perception isn't there. So we can take advantage of that. And that's what it's all about. So um, Nigel's touched on the fact about Wolves goal scoring. Pedro Neto back looks absolutely electric every time I see him. I mentioned it before about Brentford as well. Their main problems are on their left-hand side of defence. Um, they've got Regulon there at this moment in time, who's a great attacking fullback. 
But I think Neto is going to have a field day in the spaces that he leaves behind him. And in Cunha, they've got someone who's, who's scoring goals now. So they've got those boxes ticked that they've missed before, that lack of creativity and someone who can score some goals. Um, and as I said, they, they went from that crazy 4-3 defeat against Manchester United where it looked like they'd um, you know, snatched a, a point from from where, where they should have been miles out of it. Then a, a barnstorming 4-2 cracking win against Chelsea. They just go, they're not winning games 1-0 like we kind of expected them possibly to do. If they were going to be in a decent run of form, you'd expect them to grind them results out. But not at all. They're outscoring sides. Um, and that they're four points off the top seven. So this is a massive opportunity for them to get there. I expect them to take advantage of it. I do expect them to win and I expect them to score at least two goals along the way. So so they won four of their last five heads-to-heads um, at Molyneux against Brentford. Um, they scored in 18 straight Premier League games at home. So it shows you that they have made, um, although they got beat against uh, Man United in their last one there, they are making it a, a fortress, especially for those lesser sides to go there. Um, they've already scored more goals this season, they did in the entirety of last season, so they're well ahead of that particular curve. Um, and, and like I say, that they got two, they scored twice in this game last season. They also scored two in the cup game at Molyneux that we mentioned a moment ago earlier this season. That's only last month as well. So, two plus in five or seven at home this season. Um, they've scored two or more in all of their last three. And across all venues, they've scored two or more goals in five of the last six games. So really good goal scoring form. And as far as Brentford are concerned, we've talked about Tony, but defensively, again, Nigel mentioned that they were shambles and they lost the last five away. They've conceded at least two goals in four of those as well, uh, including uh, as well that 4-1 hammering at home to Wolves as well. Um, so they've considered two plus in seven of the last eight and only Sheffield United with a side unsurprisingly, that didn't manage to score two or more goals against them. So this all points towards not only a Wolves win, but with Wolves scoring at least twice on the way. So Wolves, two or more goals at minus 1-1-2. Another 10am game on Saturday morning US time is Liverpool versus Burnley at Anfield. Liverpool are the shortest uh, priced team on the Premier League weekend slate, minus 670. Uh, Burnley, therefore, the biggest at plus 1,600. The draw plus 750 on Merseyside. It is top versus second bottom. Uh, and probably, Jack, uh, the perfect game for Liverpool to try and get back on track. And once again, and Nigel talked about this a few weeks ago, and you mentioned it earlier when uh, talking about uh, Richarlison, you, you've got that correlation between short prices for lots of goals and that should mean that the major goal scorers should be able to make hay. Talk us through your play here, because it's similar, I guess, to the Richarlison pick. Not quite as big in terms of price, though. Not quite as big. Yeah, I'm going for Diogo Jota here to score at minus 118. Um, again, I was, I was sort of surprised that he was going to be a backable price in this one. Obviously, there's no Salah due to his injury, even though the AFCON is now done for Egypt. Um, so we know the front three is going to be Jota and Nunes and Luis Diaz. Um, looking at the prices, yeah, I'd probably expect Nunes to score. He'd probably hit the bar four times, have 53 shots and uh, but score amongst them somewhere along the line. Um, but he's minus 162 to score here. And the goal scoring records as far as actual goals scored between him and Jota are very, very similar. So I've sided with, with Jota. He's certainly the most clinical of the strikers that Liverpool have got um, Salah apart. And when you look at his record across the Premier League season so far, um, yeah, he, he's scoring averaging a goal every 114 minutes. So it's just a fraction over a goal a game. 
Um, he scored in this reverse fixture as well against Burnley, um, although he only got six minutes. So he still managed to score in that point of time. He was on the bench that day, came on to get the kind of wrap up the win for them. And as you say, you expect Liverpool to absolutely blitz Burnley. They want to put a statement out. I think this is the worst possible game for Burnley. Not only is it Liverpool away, but it's on the back of Liverpool putting in their worst performance of the season. So at Anfield, we know what we're to get. Burnley have conceded 47 goals this season in the league. That's the second highest. Only Sheffield United have conceded more. Again, Bet Rivers set this line at 3.5. We'd expect Liverpool to be doing a heavy lifting as far as those goals are concerned. Um, Liverpool are minus 177 to score three or more goals. If they're scoring three or more goals, which they're very, very much expected to do, and I would expect them to score three or more, you would expect Jota to be amongst that as well. So four, four goals in his last five. He scored in eight of his last 17 games as well. But as I said, eight goals in 919 minutes this season. So it's just a fraction over a goal uh, per uh, per 90. Um, Burnley just can see lots of shots in the box. And they also can't defend crosses and they're also particularly weak down their right-hand side, which is where Jota will likely be patrolling here. So a quick reminder of that Liverpool record, 18 home games this season in all competitions. That's scored 56 goals. That's an average of 3.11 per game. And they've only failed to score once. And that was obviously against Man United when they had about 30 odd shots and somehow didn't score. But this points towards a convincing Liverpool win and and Jota will get on the score sheet here. So I'm happy. Like minus 118, I think it's a very good price for him. Monday night football in the UK is south of the river, Sellers Park. It's Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. It's a 3pm Eastern kickoff. Palace are plus 340. Chelsea, having beaten Aston Villa in the FA Cup fourth round replay pretty convincingly, have suddenly got into minus 122. Chelsea at minus money, Nigel, away from home. Should we be fearful here of getting sucked into backing Chelsea? Well, I put this bet up last night, didn't I? They weren't mm. minus 122. They were mm. minus, were they minus 108? One, 112. Well, yeah, in fact, yeah, minus 108, I think. I think they're minus 108, but I think yeah. it's on the WhatsApp group. Um, it's made me a little bit wary now. We've got to go with it. We've got to go with it. We've got to go with it. I'm a bit wary about it. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, Nigel, uh, and Jack talked about this uh, earlier this season, Chelsea's numbers have been pretty good all season. And maybe it was just a bit of regression against Villa. And there's every opportunity and every chance they could just go on a run and they could win four out of five, six out of eight from here on in. It, it was not a surprise. They're a good football team. Still, don't think he knows his best team, and I don't think he knows his, his start at eleven. And that, and that's and he's been had key players have had key in, bad injuries. That's 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 the big problem. But I think this is all to do with Crystal Palace rather than Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea, you know, embarrassing against Liverpool, terrible against Wolves, sensational against Villa, and that's pretty much you can do that three per many three from end when they're fixtures throughout the season. Terrible, brilliant, useless, back on track. <laughs> you only got to look at fat Chelsea fans on. on on social media and oh, we potch out, potch out. This is more like it. This is what, you know, they change each week and Man United are very similar to that Chelsea this season. So we can't get a read on Chelsea. We don't know the players, but I, I do think there's two positives here. Obviously we're going to come on to Crystal Palace in a minute, but I do think there's a massive positive for Chelsea to be playing away from home. Cause I think Stamford Bridge at the moment is hostile and it's not a pleasant place. I had a friend who was there at the Wolves game. He said it was, um, you know, he's never seen the atmosphere like it. They were turning on Pochettino. They were all going mad. They were crazy about the performances. And I think there's that kind of sense that the Chelsea, the hardcore Chelsea fan do not, are not getting 
going with Pochettino in any sense. It's like it's like when Benitez went there. They, it was certain elements of that crowd because of his Liverpool connection. It couldn't have him at all. There was nothing he could do to change that around. And that is definitely coming through at Stamford Bridge at the moment. So I think it's massive for them to go away. It was surprised last night that they went to Villa and won the manner they did, but it didn't surprise me they put a performance on the road. I think they to get away from Stamford Bridge at the moment is good for them. He's got a cup final in a couple of weeks' time against Liverpool. If he wins that cup and he, they start doing some league form, then they're going to change their opinion of him very, very quickly. And they're doing well in the FA Cup. So if they win two cup competitions... Is it a bad season mm. in the first year? I don't know. So we 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 have to write. But this is all about Palace. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, we've highlighted about the fact that Palace without Eze or Lise are, are woeful. Well, they've got two of them missing, and they've got their centre half and their captain. Who, he, I don't think he, he's not playing either. So, uh, Gaya. So you have got no Eze, no Elise, no Gaya, which means no chance. So <laughs> that is that is pretty much for me the whole reason for this play was. Really, just the fact that Crystal Palace is, is are in free fall at the moment. It's it's awful there at the moment. The only recent wins they had, the one they had against Sheffield United, was because Elisa and, and Eze changed the game for them, absolutely turned it around. The fans are fuming with Roy Hodgson because they let Elise come off the bench in a match where he got injured even further. Um, so it's two sides that are really struggling at the moment with their fans. These are two... London sides that have a huge fan base that the fans really get behind the team. At the moment, the fans are not happy on the pitch. And I think the fact that Chelsea on the road here helps them massively and the fact that Crystal Palace have all those players out, it can only mean that that Chelsea will win this match. Um, like I say, the line has moved a little bit. I think if it got any higher than that, say it went up to minus 130 or minus 136, I wouldn't play. But currently at the moment, I still think the money will come for Chelsea. I still think the money will come for Chelsea because I just think that people will break it down and team news moves everything. And I know it's common knowledge that we know these players aren't going to play, but when the, the team does come out or and, and people does, you know, it filters through to everyone that all three of them are out, I think that line will raise. And I, I can see Chelsea starting about minus 140 here for this match. I really do. I think there'll be a big move on them. And um, yeah, so that's the reason why. At the moment, yeah, play it. But uh, any higher, don't bother. I seem to ask this question every single week with Crystal Palace and relegation, Jack. They're plus 600. At some stage, are they going to go short? Are we still waiting for these points deduction that potentially are going to come to, to Everton or Forest? Is it still a market that you just think, I don't know enough about what's going to happen? Otherwise, Palace might be of interest. Yeah, again, normal season, you'd, you'd look at them. Uh, while they've got no Eze and no Elise. They've got no hope. I think Nigel said the same thing there. But uh, as I said, a normal season there, they'd be very appealing. But as as you've said there, the points deductions are the ones that are, are kind of the the hidden things that we don't really know and we can't really factor in how, you know, are they going to get them? If they are, how heavy are they going to be? Um, that's, yeah, that's the probably the one thing that's saving Palace at the moment because they do look in free fall and it'd be a shock to see Hodgson stay in the job um, whilst these results continue with the fans turned against him because I said that home crowd and that home form was kind of what they've been good at in uh, in recent seasons. But um, yeah, on, on Nigel's bet there, I'd, I'd suggest that the next checkpoint would be the press conferences, which are UK time, normally about like 1pm-ish on a, on, a, on a Friday. So get on. As soon as you hear this on the on the on the podcast, and uh, that price will, will will get hammered once Hodgson confirms that those key players are out, and then obviously on the team news when the sheets come out uh, an hour before kickoff. 
And just one final thing, uh, Nigel, you're relatively close to, to Palace and uh, I know it's your brother, isn't it, who supports them. Uh, I mean, is Hodgson going to last the season? We, we, we talked about, I know you, you're on no, no manager to leave, but that pressure and that decision with Elise last weekend, I mean, the pressure is is as hot as it's going to get really, isn't it, for Hodgson here? Well, he's the worry for me, isn't he? He's the worry for that 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 big winner. Um, I think he's a man of pride. I think that um, I think what the Palace board want to do is they want to just probably get two more wins, know that safety is secured, and then say, Roy, listen, thanks for your service, and we'll make you a you know you'll be a lifelong. Like, don't leave the club with any animosity. Get him to two points, put him in a job on the board, and leave him on the board. The problem is if they if Luton keep winning. And Palace keep losing, then they have to get rid of him. They have to because they have to make an appointment. Because with with him at the moment, they will get they will they are going to go down if they don't get two more wins. And I think that's what they're praying for. They're praying for two easy home wins. No, mathematically they're safe. And give them a chance to say, "Roy, just go to the end of the season," and then all the fans will be happy. And you know he'll be a legend at the club. But you don't want to see him in, in getting embroidered in a in a relegation battle. And that's what's going to happen. Fascinating game on Monday night between Crystal Palace and Chelsea. Best bets from the boys. Um, Nigel, what's your best play over the course of this match weekend? I like all of them. I really do like all of them this week. Um, I think from a value perspective, you've got to bet Wolves to beat Brentford at plus 108. Jack, what's your best play? Let's stick some more eggs in that basket of ours because my best play is Wolves to score two plus against uh, Brentford. Big focus among you from the boys then with their Wolves plays. Weekend plans, QPR Norwich for you two. Yeah. Nigel, do you, will you make the okay. game this time around? <laughs> well, it was such a classic the last time. Well, yeah, me, me and Jackie going to QPR Norwich. We're going for a bit of hospitality, a nice little bit of lunch. So nice hang on. So, well, so so when we went, there was no hospitality no. on. on, And, and therefore, no. you didn't manage to actually get inside the state. Even though me no. and Jack were dragging you towards Loftus no. Road. No. You, you, you. You know, gone to our head in the yeah, in the pub. cocktail. I'm there. Yeah, we've got we've got uh, we've got a bit of hospitality. QPR Norwich. Jack is obviously a Norwich fan. I'm a QPR fan. I'm going in optimistic mood. Jack's going to be obviously going in optimistic mood as well. So it'll be quite an interesting match. A QPR plus one fifty five. Uh, Jack Norwich favourites plus one forty five. Uh, draw plus two twenty. Over under minus one oh three minus one twenty two. Over under respectively. What's the play here? You can have a bet when you're there. You got to have a bet when you're there. Come oh, on, absolutely, yeah. absolutely right. Wolves. Yeah. We're Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> this we'll is 10 a.m. Eastern. What's the play? Jack? What's home. the play? What's the play? Over two, two and a half goals. <laughs> Under. Over. 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 Yeah. 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 Wow. There Jack, we go. The play? Jack, what's the play? Uh, it, well, it's a Norwich win, isn't it? That's obvious. Uh, I'll probably go with Borgia Science to score again. He's he's decent decent odds here, and he's uh, in in cracking form. Cult hero. Listen, what I don't Talking want to see... Talking of cult heroes, this is a cult hero, isn't it? It's hot in here, isn't it? It's hot in here. It's only we got it in. It's like Vinnie Me. Absolutely pretty. Do you know what? I can't believe I bocked all those games. Yeah, there was a lot more. I, I can't. Chose. I can't believe I jinxed Light's all those. Light shining here, wasn't it? Look at that. Look at the shine <laughs> on that. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, Nigel, Jack, thanks for your company. Uh, good luck with your plays this weekend. That is a wrap for match day twenty-four of Betting Weekly Premier League show. Uh, we are back next week for more EPL picks and plays.
I'm not going to jinx or bock anymore for the rest of the season. For now, it is goodbye.